There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys, Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And of course. I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> What's up, guys? Deep dive preview for week number six between our beloved Chicago Bears and the hated uh, Green Bay Packers coming to town, Soldier Field, on Sunday. Uh, this And, you know, I, I'm probably jinxing us, but this is the most excited I've been for a Bears-Packers game since the the kickoff of the 2019 season, and that was quickly extinguished by our offensive performance, and it definitely was offensive. Just, yeah, not good. But uh, regardless of that, uh, I think we we have a guy that can help us at least look more competent, if not score more points. I'm sure that he can do better than three, the the, the amount that Mitch mustered in that first game uh, of, the, uh, of the season. But... Um, you know, whether he'll be able to carry the team to a third straight victory to to make his record three and one as a starter uh, in his uh, rookie season uh, as we enter the toughest part uh, of the schedule uh, for us. You know, starting last week with the Raiders, we got the Packers this week, the Bucks next week, who just won again uh, tonight. They're five and one after beating the Eagles on Thursday night football. So they'll also be well rested uh, when we see them on the uh, 10 day mini buy by the time we see them again next Sunday and um, you know that and then with the 49ers and then the Steelers on the road on Monday night football before the bye week and then home for the Ravens before we get a quote-unquote break to go to Thanksgiving uh, rematch with the uh, with the Lions so uh, yeah this is a very important stretch and getting a win here I think would go a big way in, in us being able to keep our heads above water as we navigate through the rest of this uh, tough six-game stretch that we have carrying us through the month of November. So 
Um, very much looking forward to see how we, how, you know, we know on paper how we match up. And I'm very interested to see what Sean Desai is cooking up for, for Aaron Rodgers. Cause it seems like he's been improving each and every week as he's getting more time under his belt, uh, as our defensive, uh, coordinator, the point totals have gone down pretty much every single week, <laughs> you know, uh, aside and it's like, as since the, uh, Cleveland game, which was more of a, uh, the dam breaking in the fourth quarter on our defense, it was 13 to six going into the fourth quarter before, uh, you know, before reality set in and the beating that uh, we were taking on offense finally started translating over to the defense. But 26 from Cleveland, 14 from uh, Detroit, and then nine last week by the Raiders. Uh, I like the way that that's trending. Uh, and the funny thing is, is that it's, uh, you know, we were we were facing a very good and quite explosive uh, offense that never got itself off the ground because of what we were able to do uh, on defense. We can repeat that again this week. You know, I, I still think the Packers are, are going to win the game, but if we can do that, then I will be gloriously wrong and be very, very happy about it. So let's go ahead and get into this. It is the week six deep dive preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the Sunday at noon cannot get here fast enough when our beloved and the Green Bay Packers kick off to uh, to for the for the 2021 chapter uh, of this rivalry. And I was listening to uh, Kyle Brandt on the Rich Eisen show uh, today. And of course, Kyle Brandt has been a guest uh, on this show. He is a Chicago area uh, native. He went to Stevenson High School up in uh, I believe Lincolnshire is the, the suburb that it's in. And, um, you know, he was uh, talking about basically what I touched upon with with Evan yesterday, which was that the Bears and the Packers are rivals for sure. They have the history and uh, the, the pageantry and, uh, and the fan bases definitely don't dislike each other, even if the if it doesn't appear that there's any true animosity between the teams. But since Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre took over the quarterback position for the Packers, it hasn't been much of a rivalry. Uh, you know, in order for it to be rivalry, there has to be some back and forth. And there hasn't been any back and forth in this since about midway through Lovey's tenure. You know, because Lovey had some pretty decent success very early on uh, against the Packers. It was the last days of, uh, of uh, oh man, who was the coach before, before McCarthy? And even in the beginning stages uh, of the McCarthy, like we swept them in 2007, we split in 2008, and then it's like from 2009 on, maybe we stole one here and there, but for the most part, it's been complete dominance uh, from, the, uh, from the Packers to the point where they tied the rivalry up in 2016, and since then, they now have a six-game lead in the, uh, in the rivalry, in the series. Um, but it's like since 92... I think that I, I haven't done the math, but it was painful to know that I think the Bears had something like a, you know, 15 to 20 game advantage in the rivalry before Brett Favre took over in 92. And since then, we are now down six games. So, you know, it, it took them 20 something years to catch up and even the rivalry up. And they've just pulled away from us ever since then. I think in tw- from 2016, we've only won 
one game. The I mean the in in we we when we split in 2018, I think they've pretty much swept us every other every other time. Have we won a game? We haven't beat them since 20 since the second matchup in 2018 because 2019 was the Thursday night game that I talked about at the top of the show. We lost again at the back end. We lost both games last year because they were pretty much uh, within like four weeks of each other, week 12 and week 17, so five weeks. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Um, yeah, so I think since, since, they took the, since they tied it up in 2016, we've only won one game. So in what five six seasons we were one in ten one in eleven uh, against Green Bay in that time unless I'm forgetting one, uh, yeah I don't think I am. We've only won that one game when we beat them to clinch the division title back in 2018. That's not a rivalry. Um, I was listening to Hogan John's episode today, and um, he asked Justin Fields, uh, I think it was Hogue that asked uh, Justin Fields, um, you know, coming from Ohio State. Ohio State would be the Green Bay to, to Chicago's Michigan in this Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. So he's like, with the Bears being the Michigan of the rivalry, what do we need to do in, to, in order to, you know, change that? And uh, a lot was made of, of Justin's, like, total non-reaction. Like, he wasn't in on the joke. Or, like, he didn't appreciate the joke or that he just ignored the joke. He answered the question and moved on uh, to the next one. But the analogy is perfect. You know, if we're looking for another dominant rivalry, you'd have to go with Michigan-Ohio State, where Ohio State, you know, even if Michigan comes in undefeated number two in the country, it always seems like Ohio State's got their number uh, no matter what. I don't think Harbaugh has beaten Ohio State since taking over as head coach about four, five, five, six years ago, however long it's been uh, now. So it's uh, it's a one-sided rivalry that's called a rivalry, but as far as like the results and such on the field, it hasn't been a rivalry for quite some time. So, and I say, as far as like recent history, it hasn't been much of a rivalry since the early days of Lovey and 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 the oh five oh six playoff runs, and we swept them in oh seven. Even though we had a terrible football team, we beat them twice in two thousand seven. We split in two thousand eight, and then oh nine. It's been more of, more of a Packer dominant uh, since then. So, it's uh. You know, like Kyle, like Kyle Brandt was saying, it hasn't been much of a rivalry, and or people need to stop calling it. Right? He was just overall just said, stop calling it a rivalry because it's not. Like the Bears and the Packers are rivals, but this hasn't been a rivalry for a very, very long time. 
And uh, here's to hoping that uh, Justin Fields is the key to bringing balance to that matchup once again, that we can split with them like we do with the Vikings and occasionally uh, with the Lions to where the the outcome is in doubt as we go in, as opposed to everyone expecting, including Bear fans, everyone expecting Green Bay to walk away because that's what always happens uh, in these games. So, um, yeah, it was uh, – speaking of which, um, we'll just go ahead and start with the uh, – with the news and notes, because this is one of the ones that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I think it was the Windy City Gridiron Twitter account today, the SB Nation site for the Bears, uh, that put out um, basically a, a visual history of the Bears-Packers rivalry. And the visual was basically kind of like a brick wall built from the start of the uh, series all the way till now. And I think the, the uh, bricks were blue with for 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 bears victories green uh for green bay and looking at it from about 92 on it's pretty much all green all the way up which is what i was talking about a minute ago how is the the bears had a pretty hefty lead in the series before Favre took over uh as the quarterback in green bay and since then then which would be 29 years ago now 30 seasons uh, overall 92 um you know, like Rodgers is 20 and five, you know, we, we beat Favre more often than we did uh, Aaron Rodgers, but he's definitely got a huge win advantage uh, over the Bears. He beat us a hell of a lot more than we beat him. It's just we had a little bit more luck with him uh, than we did, probably because um, Favre could be a little careless with the ball at times. Um, and uh, we, he would always be good to serve up a turnover or two, but more times than not, it wasn't always enough to beat him. So sometimes we just took advantage or were able to take advantage of it. But yeah, that was a, uh, that was a painful thing to look at, you know? And of course, during the Ditka era from about 83 to 88, it was all blue. I think we swept them like four or five years in a row before we lost to them in 89. One of, we actually got swept in 89, one of which was that infamous instant replay game that Dick, that uh, Ditka demanded have an asterisk in the, uh, like in the yearly uh, programs and stuff like that to, uh, you know, to negate the fact that the, you know, basically claiming that wasn't a uh, legitimate victory uh, by the Packers is the, the, you know, an asterisk and instantly dubbed the instant replay game where Mikowski threw a touchdown to uh, Sterling Sharp in the, uh, is it Sterling Sharp? Yeah, because Shannon's the, I was thinking of Shannon, but it was Sterling. Sterling Sharp, um, even though it looked like he uh, was beyond the line of scrimmage when he made the throw. So uh, I, rem- I remember watching that game. That's how old I am, folks. That was 32 years ago. Yeah, 33. Yeah, 32. Oh, God. Anyway, I remember watching that game. It was very, very painful watching the replays. It's like, oh, you know, and then having it go against us, it was painful. 14 to 13, the score of that game. But, you know, then back in 90, 91, we, we won some more. And then 92, that's when Favre took over. That's where the, the whole thing turned. And it became a far and few between thing for us to get a win over Green Bay. And there were a lot of green bricks from 92 all the way up till now, uh, which uh, definitely speaks as to the six-game advantage that the Packers have over us. I don't remember how many ties we have, but wins and losses, it's 101 to 95 in favor of uh, Green Bay. I think we have like six ties or something like that in in uh, series history uh, with them. But uh, 
if you want to check it out, it, like I said, I, I believe it was the Windy City Gridiron Twitter account that posted the uh, the image showing what the uh, history of the rivalry looks like in the 200 plus games that we played uh, against them. It, uh, you know, fun to look at and, and, and whatnot until you get to this like top like five or six rows and it's like 90% green uh, from there. So yeah, not fun. Here's something that was fun. It doesn't really have anything to do with the bears mostly. Um, but uh, Miles Garrett uh, made headlines today because he decorated his front yard and Miles Garrett, of course, the defensive end, uh, stud defensive end for the Cleveland Browns um, posted gravestones, decorated gravestones in the front yard of his house for Halloween uh, of seven different quarterbacks. I don't think he obviously hasn't played them all this season. One of them he definitely has because it was a bear helmet with the number one and fields uh, written on it. So uh, it's nice for Justin to be included and thought of by the, uh, the stud pass rusher from uh from the Browns, but you had like Roethlisberger up there. Uh, I think maybe Josh Allen, you know, so mostly contemporary uh, quarterbacks uh, up there. So like, I don't remember who all was there. I know that there were seven of them and that Justin Fields was one of the seven. So when you sack a guy four and a half times uh, in a football game, you can pretty much do what you want with his, with his name and his number in your front yard. So, you know, we'll have to wait until we can get our hands on the Browns again to see if uh, we can redeem ourselves uh, and uh, make make uh, make Miles Garrett apologize for the embarrassment, but uh, you know, until then, we ain't got a thing to say. And uh, the yard looks great, Miles. Enjoy. So, um, anyway, the rest of the news and notes is more roster slash injury uh, related. Sadly, um, we had a couple of guys go on injured reserve uh, this week. Uh, Jermaine Ifedi, uh with the knee injury that he suffered against the Raiders on Sunday, has been placed on IR, so he'll miss at least three games. I believe they said it was an MCL uh, sprain. So that's the interior uh, ligament on the inside uh, of the knee. And uh, uh, so not season ending, not serious, but serious enough that they put him on the IR to save the roster spot. And he'll be out for at least three games on the flip side. uh, uh, Jeremiah Tashu uh, outside linebacker for us. We just signed him. I forget where he came from, but um he was uh he tore pectoral muscle against the uh Raiders. I don't remember him leaving uh the game. He's done for the year, unfortunately. I don't know if he has to have surgery. I think he does, and maybe that's why he's got to uh go on IR, but he was uh placed on IR with that pectoral injury, so he'll be done for the season to um to replace their roster spots. Ryan Nall has been elevated to the 53-man roster, whereas like last week, he was basically borrowed onto the game day roster uh, from the practice squad. Now he's officially part of uh, the 53-man roster. And Sam Kamala, if you remember, who performed decently uh, in the preseason, uh, has been elevated to replace Atashu uh, in the um, in the rotation of outside linebackers. But uh you know, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate. He's a veteran, uh, and he was a solid addition. Uh, you know, not sexy as far as getting sacks and whatnot, but definitely uh, not uh, you know making a stink as far as not being productive or or getting exposed or anything uh, like that. Uh, but I, like I said, I, I liked Kamala in the in the preseason, and uh, we also have Travis uh, Gibson, who's our who's definitely our number three uh, outside linebacker behind Mack and uh, Quinn. 
So I, I think we're still good at that uh, outside linebacker uh, position. It's just that now we've got a uh, undrafted free agent in Kamala. So not the same amount of experience that Atashu has and, and things like that. So hopefully he can uh, hit the ground running and uh, be a contributor for us uh, at that uh, spot. And Ryan Null sounds like an odd replacement for Jermaine Afidi as far as the roster spot is concerned. But uh, it became more important today when news broke that Damian Williams, who was our starting running back, or at least our number one on the depth chart running back, was placed on the COVID reserve list today. Oh, man. Now, they're not saying that he tested positive for COVID. I think this is one of those instances where he came into close contact with someone, which means that he's not out for Sunday. He, I, I forget what the exact protocol is. I think he has to have like two or three negative COVID tests between now and Sunday in order to be able to play uh, against the Packers. So he's not 100% out, but right now his status for Sunday is doubtful. And uh, so that puts um, Khalil Herbert in the driver's seat as far as being our main ball carrier. And I bet you that we'll see uh, Artavis Pierce be that uh, elevated guy that we borrow from the practice squad on Sunday to add more depth to the running back position. So right now, we've in in the last three weeks we went from David Montgomery, uh, Damian Williams as our one two to Damian Williams to Khalil Herbert as I one two to now Khalil Herbert Ryan Nall being our one two at the running back uh, position. Not ideal. Uh, I mean, loved what I saw from Herbert in the preseason, and he kicked ass last week against the Raiders, which I had a feeling he was going to do. But uh, going from Herbert to Nall, he's had a moment every year in the preseason that he's been on the team, but it's always been, you know, against, you know, you, you hate to give it the qualifier, but the truth is the truth. He's out there against third and fourth stringers. A lot of guys that aren't on rosters anymore are the ones that he's breaking touchdown runs uh, against. So, and uh, his very limited opportunities on the main roster on game day, uh, you know, as part of the, the 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 big roster, haven't always been great. So uh, that's where the concern comes from. Herbert dropping down to to Nall. And, um, you know, I've, I have a feeling that as far as running the ball, we might actually see more of Artavis Pierce over Ryan Nall because I think Artavis is a better runner uh, than Nall. Uh, you know, he, he scored a touchdown last year against the, uh, the Jaguars toward the end of the season, Artavis Pierce did. So uh, I would say that uh, he might actually be the one that's, uh, you know, contributing more in, as far as running the ball to give Herbert a, uh, a breather uh, on the sidelines. So... But uh, that'll be definitely something that we keep our eye on between now and Sunday. Uh, the uh, the status of Damian Williams, it, it's uh, it, he's definitely not completely out and over with for Sunday. But it's not the, the probability doesn't look good. So hopefully those COVID tests come back negative and we get them back uh, for Sunday. And uh, you know, or at the very least, we get them back next week for the for the Bucks game. You know, if he if he can't get the test done in time to uh, to participate on Sunday, because the thing that sucks is that this happened today. So that window to be able to get those tests in is is as small as it can possibly be. So he's going to have to, uh, you know, this thing could come down to the wire. But uh, hopefully, it's just one of those close contacts things. They do the the contact tracing, get the the the, the positive tests, 
or negative, excuse me, negative tests in, and he'll be able to play. And at the very least, he only misses this Sunday, and he'll be back for that big game we have with the Bucks next week. So to replace, um, to replace, um, we also lost Brian Johnson, that that backup kicker that we had in the preseason. I really, really like that guy. And you know what? It's freaking Cody Parkey, man. Freaking Cody Parkey tore his, or I don't know about tore, but pulled a hamstring or his groin or something like that as uh, when he was kicking for New Orleans. So they put him on IR and signed Brian Johnson off our practice squad. Freaking Cody, uh, Cody Parkey, man. He just won't quit boning us. It's unbelievable. You know, I hope the guy burns in hell. I really do. It's unbelievable. This guy just won't stop. So t- for the three practice squad spots that need to f- be filled for Brian Johnson, Sam Kamala, and, and uh, Ryan Null, we re-signed Ladarius Mack, Khalil Mack's little brother, another outside linebacker. We signed an offensive lineman, Durian Parker, who was with the Bears during training camp and the preseason, and Rashad Smith, another linebacker, uh, to the practice squad to fill up those uh, spots. So that is... Uh, how the Bears did their corresponding moves to uh, fill the spots that were left voided. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that Damian Williams can play uh, on Sunday. We need all the, uh, all the help we can get uh, in this one. So, all right, so let's wrap up news and notes with our injury report. And there are a ton of names on this list. Um, let's talk about our full participants. Uh, Joe, Joel E.A. Booneyway, uh, who has not been practicing and been out the last couple of weeks with that hamstring injury, has been full go uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, D, uh, Duke Shelley with an ankle injury. Danny Trevathan with the knee has been full participation. Uh, Justin Fields with his knee injury, also full participation. No, no injuries or no problem there. And Xavier Crawford with a back injury, all full participants. The... Um, Limited guys, uh, Jakeem Grant, oh, great, we just traded for him and he's hurt, uh, was fine on Wednesday, limited on Thursday with a groin injury. We got to do something about these soft tissue injuries. I mean, we, we, this was like a big focus for Ryan Pace when he first came in. It's like we set the league record for IR in like the final years of uh, John Fox. You know, like we had 20, 30 guys on IR by the end of the season when Matt Nagy came in, the strength and conditioning coach. Like we had like the healthiest team in the league in 2018, which speaks to why we were so successful on top of everything else. And then since 2019, uh, you know, we, we haven't been overly banged up, but it's little things like this, these soft tissue injuries. These are the ones that, you know, that won't allow a guy to get off of the injury list throughout the entire season. Like another limited guy, Darnell Mooney. He's been on the injury report every week this season. First with a back injury. Now with the, the groin injury, he was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Now granted he's been playing, but he's got to take it easy during practice. So he doesn't aggravate the injury uh, and take himself out of the uh, lineup. So limited there. Uh, Christian Jones, uh, limited with a back injury both days. And uh, and then the guys that haven't practiced yet, uh, Allen Robinson uh, with an ankle injury has been has not practiced. I didn't know, understand. I, I, did that happen on Sunday or did it happen in practice? I don't know. But um, I don't remember them saying anything about an ankle injury. Um, Khalil Mack with his foot injury, no real concern there, at least 
Nothing's been made of it uh, at this point. J.P. Holtz with the quad injury, still not practicing. And unfortunately, uh, Keem Hicks also not practicing with that groin injury. So we might have to go out without him uh, this Sunday against the Packers. I mean, the funny thing was last year, or last year, last week, uh, getting ready for the Raiders game, he was out Wednesday and Thursday and then was limited on Friday and ended up, I don't even think he made the trip uh, to Vegas uh, for the uh, Raiders game. I wonder if what we'll see on uh, tomorrow on Friday or to, to see if he, uh, if he's limited or, or anything like that, if he's going to try to give it a go um, for Sunday. So, I mean, obviously it's only week six. We want him to be as cautious and careful as, as ever. So when we come, when we get him back, we get to keep him as opposed to bringing him back at, you know, 85, 90%. And he does something to aggravate the injury. And then we lose him for more time uh, kind of thing. So got to think big picture with these kinds of things, especially somebody like him. So anyway, that's going to do it for uh, news and notes. Let's take a quick break for our sponsors. We'll come back with keys to the game. Wrap this bad boy up. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys. Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And, of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> Keys to the game for week six for the matchup between our beloved Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. We are three and two. They are four and one. The winner of this game will be in first place in the NFC North. So wouldn't that be nice to have that little feather in our cap with a, a win and a first place uh, takeover uh, at the same time? Um, not going to do the, uh, how do we match up, uh, or how do we stack up whatever I called that game? Um, because on, on, it's all Packers on the offensive side and it's mostly us on the defense. So it's pretty much a push because we have the better defensive line. We have the better linebackers. Secondary is kind of a push because they both, we both have our strengths. Like we both have a decent corner, a good safety, but you know, it's also kind of banged up and, and not where it needs to be. Special teams, I'll put Cairo Santos up against uh, Mason Crosby. I mean, especially after the week Mason Crosby had last week, missing, missing going three for six in field goal uh, attempts, and our guy hasn't missed a kick in over a calendar year. 
and um, I don't know what their punting situation uh, is like. So, but I would I would take Cairo over Mason Crosby. I would give that to us. So it's like if you do add it all up, it's pretty much uh, a push. It's it's really going to come down to who makes the fewest mistakes in this football game. It really is. So let's take a look at the uh, the keys um, that I wrote down. Um, you know, it's it's very similar to the Raiders, or at least we would like for it to be. And I don't mean that, uh, you know, if we get to Rodgers, we'll rattle him and get him out of his game. Rodgers is not that guy. Uh, he's he's strong-willed uh, in the head. He won't get uh, rattled or get happy feet or uh, or anything like that. If getting to him and hitting him would just be disrupting the throws, giving us a better chance to make a play on the ball and, you know, maybe him throwing the – maybe him uh, hurrying his release to get the ball off because he know he's going to get hit – uh, that kind of thing, uh, force him into a rare uh, mistake. Because if you remember last week or last week, last year, week 17, we had, it was like three, three, three opportunities to pick off Aaron Rodgers in that game, two of which would have been pick sixes at, at easily would have been pick sixes. And we dropped all three of them. We dropped them all. We can't afford for that to happen. But Keeping Green Bay from getting an offensive rhythm like we did with the Raiders will allow us to succeed uh, in this football game because we didn't really, you know, we were we had a dominant performance uh, against the Raiders. Uh, the Packers aren't at full strength with their offensive line. Bakhtiari is still out uh, with the knee injury from late last year, as we heard Evan uh, say. The guy that they had replacing Bakhtiari isn't healthy. And, uh, you know, so it's and Rodgers has been sacked 10 times so far in the first five games. So they average about two sacks uh, a game. I think that we can get to him, you know, three, maybe four times if we're lucky uh, on Sunday. And it's not so much because that was the thing with Rodgers is that it's not so much how many times you sack him. It's how many times you're hitting him. And with the way that that Robert Quinn is rushing the passer right now with Khalil Mack coming from the other side, the emergence of uh, Travis Gibson, we can make a lot of problems uh, for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, God forbid if we can get uh, Akeem Hicks back along with Eddie Goldman and Mario Edwards and Bilal Nichols. We've got some stud pass rushes here that can make it a very long day uh, for, for the Packers. And, if we can just disrupt their rhythm, because that was the thing that killed the Raiders more than anything, was that they were not able to get anything going consistently against the Bears on Sunday. And that's how you beat teams like that. That's how you beat the explosive teams that can hurt you, uh, you know, in, with the big plays and things like that, is to not allow them to get in a spot where they can go for one of those big plays. You know, you, you got to be in there. You got to get in their face and uh, and everything. Secondary needs to hold up. We can't have any of those secondary breakdowns uh, that we've had uh, in the first, you know, several weeks of the uh, season. You know, we were real lucky with that last week. The one time that we had the busted coverage, the receiver dropped the ball. But in three of the four games previous, we got exposed in the secondary for at least one huge play. One against the Bengals, one against the the Lions, and then those two big plays against the Rams uh, week one. We can't afford to have one of those plays because 
Whenever the Bears in this rivalry lately, whenever the Bears win one of these games, it is a 17 to 13, 20 to 17 kind of football game. We don't beat the Packers 34 to 28 uh, or anything like that. We're we're not a run and gun type of offense and and, and things like that. We're, we're we're not that team. Whenever we win these games, it's these close, low scoring battles. More times than not, when the Packers win, that's when they're 30 points, 40 points, and such. I mean, look at last year. 41 to 25 and 35 to 16 were the final scores in both of those games. So in order to, uh, you know, win this game against Green Bay, we have to keep it a low scoring uh, battle and we can't allow Aaron Rodgers to get off the ground with a, you know, him and, and uh, Devontae Adams, you know, just having a, a pitch and catch kind of game uh, out there uh, on us. And uh, we got to keep Rodgers guessing on where the, where the pressure uh, is coming from. So, I mean, that's something that Desai has been good at, and hopefully he's been hiding some tricks up his sleeve that he was saving just for this occasion to get after uh, Aaron Rodgers because this is going to be a big game for us. I think this, you know, could be a momentum getter for us as far as going into that big game with the Bucks and beyond uh, for the rest of the season. On the flip side, if we can protect fields like we did in the Detroit game, uh, and take some shots downfield, I think that would be huge uh, for this offense. And if, uh, you know, for anybody who hung out for the uh, the uh, Spotify Green Room show on Wednesday for Club 34-7, one of the things that I talked about uh, with um, with one of the listeners, uh, Scatty Moses, came out and hung out on, the, on Wednesday night. He asked, uh, we were talking about, um, you know, Justin being, you know, using all of Justin Fields, which is to get him running and, and, and things like that. It was like, if we have protection, um, one of the things that would be big is like if we can, you know, maybe hit some shots downfield early and, and get the defenders, the linebackers and the secondary to, you know, respect it when we're going deep to the point where they're turning their backs on the line of scrimmage to be able to defend the, uh, the route runners. And if they do that, Justin Fields can take off running. And with his speed, he can get further than most quarterbacks before the defense notices and then turns around and comes back. The, the, um, the point that I made with, you know, talking with Scatty um, Wednesday night was that, you know, be 15 and 15 to 20 yards downfield and he's like, well, 15 to 20 yards, you know, he should be getting 30 to 35. I was like, well, what I was saying was it'll be 15 to 20 yards downfield before they notice that he's downfield. Like if they've got their backs to him, he's got the speed to take up chunks of yardage before they all turn around and start bailing, bailing on their, uh, you know, their pass runners or their uh, route runners to uh, come after Justin Fields. I would really like to see that. I would really like to see what he looks like in the open field because we all know, I mean, and I, I would appreciate if he'd stop taking the hits, but. We all know he's not afraid to. He's not going to slide. He's going to try to run or make a guy miss so he can get those uh, those extra yards. We saw flashes of that in the preseason. We've seen it a little bit here and there in the regular uh, season, but we haven't really seen uh, a game like we did uh, at Ohio State where he was taking advantage of those defenders turning their backs on the line of scrimmage so they didn't know that he was running. You know, and if once he gets through that line of scrimmage into the second level, he'll be on the third level before anybody touches him. So uh, I would like for us to be able to put our put ourselves in a position to be able to do something like that for 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 fields to be able to hurt the Packers uh, with his legs. You know, 
And another key thing is um, Evan talked about it yesterday, which was um, the Packers defense has allowed a touchdown every single time an opponent has been in the red zone. I would really like it if we weren't the team that broke that trend. I would really like it if we were the ones that extended the trend. And anytime we get in the red zone, we get into the end zone and putting seven points on the board instead of settling for another uh, field goal. As much as I'd like to see Cairo Santos break the consecutive field goal record, uh, I would like to put it on hold for a week and just let him kick extra points. So that would be super awesome uh, if we could, uh, if we could allow that to uh, happen. So, but one of the other main keys that I want to talk about is being consistent on Sunday. Like I mentioned before, I really think that like when I was thinking about doing the how we stack up segment, it's like all offense to Green Bay, all defense to the Bears. We got a push in the secondary, uh, and, you know, and at, at, at best they're getting a push in, in special teams. It's pretty even if when, when you break it down that way. But I really do think that it's going to come down to which team makes the fewest mistakes. If we can win the turnover battle, which we have done in both games previously at home, and you know, you know, limit our own mistakes. Don't have those penalties where we get, you know, a false start on third and three that turns it into third and eight. Don't have a holding penalty that brings back that last play or that last big run uh, and things like that. If because it's going to be hard enough to beat Green Bay without us beating ourselves at the same time, you know. And we've been victim to some pretty horrible officiating at times like last week with the Raiders games those guys were just hell bent on inserting themselves into that football game as opposed to just officiating the thing they were practically taking it over uh at one point um you know we can't give the referees any reason to take this game uh away from us we can't be doing stupid things like holding on third and five and and you know it would have been fourth down and kicking the ball back to us instead we're giving them a fresh set of downs and another opportunity to smoke us we have to be consistent we have to be smart we have to be disciplined in order to come away with the win and that's what happens that's what you have to do when you are the quote-unquote inferior team uh, going into the game. I love the ways our, our guys have been playing. I love the way that we're running the ball. I love the way that we're playing defense, but it's still the Packers and these guys have got our number. They've had our number for a long time. I went through that a little while ago about how long that's been, you know, go and find that, that image of the brick wall that they built with the wins and losses of this rivalry. And it'll make you sick looking at like top five and six rows being 90% green. So when it comes to Bears-Packers, in order for us to win, unless we are dead set the better team on paper, um, we are not going to be able to get away with anything uh, against the Packers. Rodgers is that guy that has always been able to find a way to hurt us, always been, a way to f- um, been able to find a way to win uh, in these games, and we can't give him any leeway to do that to us again. You know, like if God forbid we have a lead at halftime, we can't come out conservative like we did last week against the Raiders. We got to stay aggressive, stay aggressive, stay aggressive. All gas, no breaks. All gas, no breaks. We want to play to win for all 60 minutes. Okay, play smart, but play to win. Be aggressive. Because I'll never forget, I think it was back in 2016, we had a terrible football in 20, terrible football team. We were 3-13 and in 2016. But... Late in the season, 
the Packers went up big on us. We had that big comeback in the fourth quarter where we actually took the lead. We have a chance to win this football game. And instead of being aggressive, Fox got conservative. I can't remember what exactly the play was, whether he was uh, uh, punting when maybe we should have gone forward on like fourth and two. So I forget what it was that Fox did. Okay. But he was playing not to lose. We give the ball back to Green Bay, and granted, they were at like our 10-yard line or something like that. And Actually, the game was tied. That's what it was. But it was tied, and rather than kneel on the ball and go to overtime, Green Bay went for it. And Rodgers found a wide-open Jordy Nelson down the middle of the field. A couple of plays later, they're kicking the game-winning field goal, and that was it. We, we, we lost an opportunity to, to win this football game. And Actually, you know what? I think the... Um, I think it was when we scored the last touchdown that I wanted Fox to go for two. Go for two. We have all the momentum. Just go for it. it I think we were like three and ten or something like that at the time. And it's like, what the hell do we have to lose? We have an opportunity to steal a game from the Packers here. He played not to lose. He kicked the extra point. I, I think I'm remembering this right now. He kicked the extra point. We give the ball back to Rodgers and company. They're deep in their own territory. And rather than kneel on the ball and play for overtime, they went for it. Rodgers throws a deep ball to, uh, to Jordy Nelson and for like 60 yards or something like that. They were instantly in field goal range. They kneel on the ball a couple of times. They kick the field goal. They win, you know, and it was the, one of the more irritating losses of the John Fox era because we had no business coming back in the first place, but we did. It was that year, like, we didn't win any of those football games, but we would let these teams get these huge leads on us, and we'd come back and then, uh, blow it at the very, very end, proving why, in fact, we were a 3-13 and football team in 2016. But we can't be passive. We have to stay aggressive, play to win, don't play not, do not play not to lose, okay? When you play not to lose, more times than not, you will. You know, you have to be aggressive. It's kind of like when, you know, when, when I was playing football, and the coach was talking about, like, when we weren't, when we we're hitting, which is every day back when I was playing, but... Um, no half speed when you're doing contacts. If you're playing not to get hurt, you're going to hurt yourself or somebody else. So you do it at full speed or don't do it at all. Same thing here. Like I said, all gas, no brakes. We got to be aggressive. We got to stay after them. It's, it's kind of like watching, you know, um, the, the 2017 AFC championship game. The Jaguars were pounding the Patriots, pounding. They take their foot off the gas in the second half. The next thing you know, Brady and company are going back to the Super Bowl. You got a foot on the gas. Foot on the gas. All gas, no brakes. Stay aggressive. Stay after them. Stay in their face. Win the damn game. Win it. Please, for the love of God. My mother's visiting this weekend. She's going to be here for the game. I would very much like to be in a good mood for the rest of Sunday. You know, uh, if, if we uh, end up giving up a lead or playing not to lose and we end up losing, I'm going to be pissed. So uh, maybe you guys can look forward to, I know you like the explicit uh, episodes and, uh, and one of my more epic explicit episodes came back in 20, I want to say 2017, the Brent Huntley game, that game. Whew, yeah. <laughs> We were at home. Aaron Rodgers is out. Uh, you know, we were coming off a of bye week. The whole night, we should have just absolutely trashed the Packers, and instead they came into town, and Brent Huntley gets the win in Chicago. Could not I was so pissed. There were so many things. that were, It's like, why is Josh Bellamy our deep threat all of a sudden? 
uh, giving myself the shakes just even thinking about it. But um, anyway, those are the keys to the game. You know, we, we want to keep the Packers from getting any kind of offensive rhythm going, very similar to what we did last week to Carr and the, uh, and the Raiders. You know, keep the pressure on, on Rodgers, stay aggressive in the running game. Aaron Jones, a very talented uh, running back. We definitely want to keep him from getting anything going uh, on the ground. And like I said, disrupting Rodgers and the passing game all day long. Uh, we got to stay aggressive, and I hope we did our wind sprints this week because we need these guys going balls out for all 60 minutes to win this game. So, oh, yeah, protect fields. Let's take some shots downfield. Let's see if we can get, uh, you know, get some um, not so much like design runs, but let's have some playground ball with, with Justin. If he doesn't see it's open, take off running, man. You got the speed. You got the skills. Go for it. You know, get out there. Get us a first down. Steal a first down from time to time. Everybody else does it. Finish those red zone drives. You know, let's not be the team that breaks the uh, 100% streak that their defense has in giving up red zone touchdowns. And then, like I said, being consistent, playing to win. Do not play not to lose. Stay aggressive for all 60 minutes, and uh, we'll be able to come away with the win. <laughs> I still think Green Bay's going to do it, but... I, 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 am, I am confident that if we do those things, we will win on Sunday. So I will be the least surprised person on the planet if the Bears get the job done uh, on Sunday. So come back on Monday for the uh, Bear Up and Bear Down. Let's see how this all went. I know you guys will be looking forward to it if uh, it's a disastrous loss and you'll be looking for that explicit sticker on the, uh, on the cover art that I make for all the shows and uh, I'm sure that you'll all enjoy listening to me lose my shit on the uh, bear up and bear down and the review shows and the knee-jerk reactions and things like that. So come back on Monday. Let's see how this game went. Will we be a first-place team, or will we still be in second looking up at Green Bay? Come back on Monday and find out. And until then, my name is Larry D., and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.